Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Yeah, Jeff Beck, the Yardbirds. It's our second Yardbird song today because of Jeff Beck. And only Lou Rufino would know that. Well, Lou's a genius. You really are a genius, you know that? Mm, I like it. That sounds good. You're one of those people that think we use those words way too much. Genius and great. Like, I'm so guilty of that. Everybody's great. Everybody's great. And some of them really are. Some aren't. That's fine. Are you one of those people that doesn't annoy you if I... Call somebody great who you find to be well, mediocre. Well, it seems to get distilled when everybody oh, is called a genius. It's like saying, you, you've got a nose. Oh, you've got a nose. Right. Oh, you got a nose. Right. So you've called Phil a genius. He is a genius. Okay, so Phil yeah. and I are both geniuses. I think you both are. Seriously. Okay. No I'm being serious. Nolan Layden. Not a genius. All right. Very just, bright man. Just an and, and by the way, Nolan Layden is great at radio. Right. He is. Alex a moron. Okay. No. Not a genius, no. Not okay. I'm a genius. Okay, so we should actually have little designations on, you know. What about Dr. Mark Siegel? What do you think he is? I think he's a genius because he's pretty smart in all fields, a lot of fields, a lot of stuff. He's like kind of below Gordon Chang, maybe. Would you say? Well, well, Gordon Chang is is the the, he put the G in genius. Yes. He also put the G in his middle name. Right. Because he is Gordon G. Chang on Twitter. I think he came up with the uh, those math equations for Goodwill Hunting. I don't know. He may have. I don't even know at this point. I don't know what the actual answer. Well, he keeps telling us we got to move out because. Because we're, uh, they're going to kill us, the Chinese, the Russians. Now I'm hearing this week COVID's going to kill us again. I mean, I, I put the news on. I don't know if it was Dana Tyler, one of these uh, local ladies. Fine. And they're like, COVID's back. It's back. And uh, don't stop telling people it's not back. It's back. I go, it's not back. It's back. I imagine in his office he has a countdown clock to the end of the world. Who, Siegel or Gordon Chang? Gordon Chang. Maybe, yeah. maybe Dr. Siegel does too. Well, Siegel tells us COVID <laughs> or masks are coming back now. To me, that's as bad as the end of the world. Okay. Because I hated that period of time. I just hated it. Well, I'm and to sure. see these idiots still walking around with masks on, and <laughs> which is it, it really bothers me. I, I can't explain it, but I, I, it's like a visceral reaction. I want to punch them in the face. It's horrible. Well, you're not well, a genius in that respect. I guess not. not. Dr. Mark Siegel, hello, genius. How are you? Wow, what a buildup. And I'm sitting here thinking, what am I going to talk about? First of all, <laughs> I, I want to tell you, Sid, I do think you're a genius, but I think of you as somebody that is buff, that works out all the time, that has this perpetual tan, that, that the ladies swoon when they see you. All I true. mean, you know, on all top true. of that, you're a genius. On yes. top of that, you're a genius. Yeah, that's true. Now, now you're talking to me about, about another story <laughs> about COVID coming back, and you're not going to believe where I'm going to start on this. Oh, my I'm God. I'm going to talk about courage. Yeah. I'm going to say that what has really characterized COVID in a very terrible negative way is the fear that it's induced and the government has fanned the flames of the fear and the media loves fear because it rates. But let's contrast that to some stories of courage, like Peyton Hillis saving the, the, the kid that was drowning, like, like DeMar Hamlin. I mean, you know, nobody thought he was going to recover. Oh, but hold on, hold on. I got to stop you for a second. And you know, I love you to pieces. Don't compare Hamlin to Hillis. Hamlin got hurt doing his job. I'm not going to give the guy credit for not dying. I mean, it's a nice story. Thank God he survived. I'm not going to give him credit for not dying. Peyton Hillis 
jumped in the water to save somebody's life and nearly died. And by the way, Peyton Hillis has gotten almost zero press because he's a white retired football player and morons are walking around this country wearing Hamlin jerseys like he took a gun like Pat Tillman and went to Afghanistan. So let's not compare Hamlin getting hurt on a football field and surviving, he's 24 years old, to what Peyton Hillis did. Sorry. I like that. that yeah. you, you corrected me, and I'll take it. Okay. I'll take that, especially <laughs> since Hillis has a lot, had had a lot of damage to his kidneys as a result because when you're drowning, you, your kidneys suffocate, by the way, and then they get overloaded with salt. Oh, boy. It, it's very rough. It's a rough recovery. So, so, if, he, so if he survives, if he survives, he'll have to do, like, dialysis and all that stuff, right? Well, we don't know. We, you know, he, too, is not as young as as Hamlin, but he, he too, is, you know, he's not as old as us, Sid. So he, he, he has some recovery there that, that, that we don't know yet. I mean, dialysis it, it, it may be short-term. But let me, let me get back to your point. I don't totally agree with you about Hamlin, and let me, let me throw back something at you. I may be wrong on this because I can't prove this, but we doctors, especially those of us who have worked in intensive care units and in ERs, we don't think that being on a ventilator is such a great experience, and we tend to think that courage is related, although I can't prove it and I could be wrong. You know, I, I still think that that he's shown a remarkable recovery that may may give a nod to fortitude here. I can't prove that. I, I think you're right that I shouldn't have made that direct comparison. No, but, but, I'll, but I'll give you fortitude, and I'll give you um, the will, and I'll give you heart. I can't give you courage. I'm sorry. Right. What was it? I mean, he, he, he didn't. He would have died, and then what? I mean, so I'll give you a lot of those adjectives. I think are in play here. And again, don't get me okay. wrong. It's a great story. But I believe after three or four days, especially after he was going to be okay, and the NFL and ESPN continues to talk about this guy day in and day out when little kids are getting shot in schools and, and, and uh, ending, ending up in, in coffins, to me became perverse and, and a bit much for me. I'm sorry. And I love football. But this was a – he didn't die. He didn't die. I like your point. I like your Thank point. Thank you. Thank now, you. if we see him play, if we see, you're going to change your view if you see him playing this week. That's for sure. Well, you know, that would, but he's not going to play this week against the of Dolphins. But it does bring up a, a bigger question. I had this fight with my wife, Danielle, Dr. Mark, and uh, as soon as he woke up, I said, he's going to play again. I said, what are his options? He's going to go to med school? Let's be honest. I mean, he's 24 <laughs> years old, and, and um, you know, unless there's significant damage that I don't know about, then he's going to play football again. What do you think about his future? You know, this is interesting. I have to say that one of our top cardiologists at NYU said from the beginning he's going to wake up. That was the big question. Is he going to wake up because of oxygen to the brain? You know, same same again. I, I'm making the same comparison. I'm sorry, but, you know, to Hillis' kidneys. You know, like, in other words, how much damage is done to an organ? And he's he's overcome that. Neurologically, he looks great. And I think you're right. He's going to play again, provided that there's not something we don't know about his heart. His lungs are going to heal. His lungs will heal. Whatever's going on with his lungs, fluid, damage from the arrest, that heals. The question is, does he have any underlying heart issues? And they can, by the way, uh, you're not going to believe this, but they could actually put a defibrillator in him, and he still could play football. Right. That might be a precaution they would consider. 
I think if he doesn't have significant heart damage, he plays. Agreed. I agree with you. Agree. This is uh, the great Dr. Mark Siegel, who's a uh, great guest on this show, one with John Katsimatidis quite a bit as well. In fact, John introduced us and, of course, a huge star on Fox News. So let's go back to the, uh, the start of the conversation with COVID, the local news uh, trying to convince me that uh, it's not it's not gone, that it's it's coming back. The cases are back. I'm hearing whispers about masks and all that nonsense. Where are we right now with COVID? Well, I think that there's a new subvariant that is spreading a lot. And I think that one of the things we haven't paid attention to in the last year or so is the issue of who's a high-risk group and who is it. That's what we need to be talking about. I mean, I think the public would understand that if you're 90 years old, and you got diabetes, or 70 even, you know, have diabetes, whatever, that you're at higher risk. But, you know, I think way too much attention has been paid, and I know you agree with this, Sid, to clamping down on 17-year-olds. Right. And there's been tremendous damage from that. So I think it's a knee-jerk government response that is intended to garner votes and doesn't work. Because the public's become too smart for that. I'll tell you what else does. That. I'll tell you what else doesn't seem to work. And and I got two of them and a booster, and that is the vaccines. I mean, as time is going by, they uh, they are less and less effective. Now, again, thank God the strains are not as serious as when it first came here from China. People aren't dying at that rate, thank God. But it, it turns out, Doctor Mark Siegel, that uh, a lot of these vaccines it just don't work all that well. You know, Sid, I think that there's something divine that goes over when you and I talk on the radio. I think God is watching us, and I'll tell you why. Or listening. By the way, by the way, when I went to by, by the when I went to Jerusalem recently, and I went to the wall of the temple, it says put a note there for God. And I said, wait a minute, God doesn't know what I'm thinking. I don't need to leave the man a note. <laughs> I don't need to leave God a note. But but seriously, you you actually my point of view on this exact question changed five minutes ago. That's why I think there's something divine here. Paul wow. Offit from Penn, Paul Offit from Penn wrote uh, an article in the New England Journal of Medicine that's very impressive. That your point is right. That that over time the boosters effect are waning and you're losing impact each time you give another booster, and so they should be reserved for those with high risk groups. And that by constantly boostering, we're really not doing much. And I, I, I think he gives a very impressive argument on that, that you're right. And mm. ultimately, we need to change the whole vaccine to one that you inhale so that it just stops you from getting it, period. And we're not there. We're not there. So what is more by dangerous? The way, by the way, yeah. Biden, Biden continues the pandemic. He continues the pandemic, but the money's dried up. Of Typical, course. Right? Of course. So what's more dangerous right now for the average person? I'm not talking about the person with heart disease or the person who's... Um, you know, really fat, obese, that type of thing. The average person right now gets the flu. The average person gets COVID. Who's going to be sicker? Right now, the average person would be sicker from flu uh, because of all the reasons we're talking about, because there's a lot of immunity built up in the community, in the country, because of vaccines and because of all the people who have had COVID. And one of the things you get from a strain that's this contagious is that everybody gets a mild case. But, of course, the media doesn't talk about the mild cases. And you know how I know there's a lot of unreported mild cases? Because everybody has a kit in their house now, right? Right, so, right. So people are testing, and they're not telling the government, hey, you know, nobody tells the government anything. So they're not telling the government, come over here, I got a positive test. So all of those tests are uncounted. I got a tool. You know, I can use Paxlovid. I think it works in higher-risk groups, older people. So we're not where we were, and we shouldn't be fear-mongering. 
One more, I, you know, I don't, don't like to quote CNN because for the most part they just do hateful <laughs> television. I know, I know. And well, they don't rate. They, they don't, don't rate, rate. exactly. And they, even Don Lemon and these two nice-looking ladies in the morning, nobody cares. But they did something <laughs> on, the, on the medical front this morning, and it caught my eye because when I'm doing my show, I've got televisions on in the newsroom, and I'm capable of talking on the radio and watching the television out of the left corner of my eyeball. And uh, what I saw was, is it dangerous to use tap water when you need water for certain medical tests? Because we know a lot of medical tests, you need water. Is it dangerous to use tap water? Now, I couldn't hear it because I'm doing the radio show, but I thought it was interesting. Has that become a a big issue in the medical community? It shouldn't. It has to do with the, 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 the scarcity of supplies. I mean, we have plenty of sterile water usually to do procedures with. Nobody should be... Can you imagine using sterile gloves, making sure you're completely decontaminated, but then using tap water. Now, tap water, <laughs> by the way, I, 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 tap water, by the way, is not full of bacteria. I mean, it's not It's not something I'm dangerous. I feel dangerous drinking. Well, especially especially, in, your, in, your especially house, in New York. In New York, as I remember, when I lived in Boca Raton, for example, nobody liked the bagels or the pizza because when you walked by a reservoir, it smelled like sulfur. So all these successful companies in Florida would actually have 55-gallon drums of water delivered from New York. So the bagels and pizza tasted the same because of all the sulfur in the water in Florida. That's not the case here in New York. You know, it's something we can thump our chests about. We get it from upstate. We get it from mountain spring water. That's right. Our, our, I think that's why there's so many rats here, Sid. They're, they're, they know they can get great water to drink. Have you seen the number of rats lately, by the way? Yeah, yeah. I'm, trying, I'm trying to ask you a medical question. Is it safe for me to walk down the street late at night? I see these rats. Is one of them going to bite me? I mean, so far they seem to be avoiding me, but I, I, I don't like the idea. I've heard that the, that the teeth of rats no. is stronger than steel. Well, I would say this. There's probably a better chance that a homeless person will bite you, but either way you're going to get bit. <laughs> Okay, I'll stay to the main street. Right, that's, that's why I moved to Queens, Doc. But uh, as always, a uh, great conversation. And uh, thank you so much. I love when you come on. I really do. And how about our Knicks? Another big win yeah. last night. Amazing, actually. Um, amazing. Uh, one of our top Fox anchors was there at the game. and He said they're going to lose it at the end. I, he also said to me something i got to comment on quickly. He, he said, I won't name him, but he, you know him. He's a friend of ours. Yeah. He said he thinks Brunson is a ball hog. Do you? Yes, but but he's good at it. If you're going to be a ball hog, make sure you put the ball in the basket. He, he's not a great passer, Jalen Bunsen. He never was. But he can score, and uh, that one-two punch of him and Randall has been pretty effective for the Knicks, and they've been fun to watch. So uh, we'll see. I'll see you at the Garden one of these days. We're going. We're going to have a steak because last time I had a steak with you, one got mailed to me. So I'm going <laughs> with a steak for the game. It's true. I love you, Dr. Mark. Thank you so much. Thank you. There he is, folks. Take care. Dr. Mark Siegel. Check him out on uh, Fox News. And if you live in New York, you're not feeling well, my recommendation is call Dr. Mark Siegel. That's the guy.